Hey, hey everybody, on this episode of Sam and Chance, we are going to take a look back at Raw as we lead towards Crown Jewel. Also, Edge already upset in AEW. All this and so much more on this episode of Sam and Chance. So strap in and thank you for letting us into your ears. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sampson Chats. I'm your host, Bobby Sampson. Right there beside me, a total gutty and full effect, Mr. Chance. Michaels Chance, how are you, buddy? Good, good. How about yourself? Yeah, I can't complain, man. Here we are, Tuesday afternoon. Raw's in the bag. The road to Crown Jewel is continuing on. So, yeah, everything is great, man. I can't complain. Cannot complain at all. We are blessed. Uh, yeah. cold weather wearing a tank top inside, so life can't be that bad, brother. It's actually not bad, it was like 17 degrees out here today, it's pretty good. Yeah, I know 17 here as well, but just with the rain and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. But hey, man, Monday Night Raw season premiere, we had the season premiere on Friday of SmackDown. Um, very quickly, not to put you on the spot, what show did you think was better as a season premiere? I didn't think anything was over the top amazing. I said give the edge of SmackDown by a little bit. It's because it's a shorter show, two hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they were both decent, but I didn't think anything stood out. Anything was amazing. But SmackDown, for me, was a little bit better of a program. What about right. you? I mean, I, I, I'm leaning more towards SmackDown just because I like the two-hour format better. Yeah, it's way fair. better. Um, you just – you get more in. I feel, as ironic as that sounds, I feel that you get more quality things in a two-hour show than you would a three-hour show. I mean, you take out the commercials and everything, that three hours is about, what, two hours and 35 minutes? You know, 35 to 45 of that, 35 to 45 minutes of that are all just, you know, flashbacks and promos and, you know, things like that. So in essence, Raw is really more than an hour and a half long in actual new content. Well, yeah, and SmackDown is, is more crisp, it's more tighter, it's less time, but you can trim the fat with SmackDown. Not everybody gets to get on SmackDown. You don't have that long, drawn-out segment with Raw, the long, drawn-out segments, because there's so much time to fill. So you get a lot of filler on Raw. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I get... I think I like the three-hour shows when it's something special, like, you know, an anniversary show. Yeah, or a pay-per-view or, is fine. Every or a super show or something. Like, you know, back in the day, they used to do the SmackDown Raw super shows, right? Mm-hmm. Well, those should be three hours. But, I mean, I, I think Raw, SmackDown, no show should be any longer than two hours. Raw will never change to three hours because there's too much money in advertising. So it'll always be three hours. But I agree with you. It would be better for us, too. Well, let's see what happens, man. I mean, Raw could end up. I mean, if you think about it, they are shopping. You know, mm-hmm. they're looking for a new home. So it's going to be interesting. Because I don't think USA's really got a role in this anymore. No, they're shopping around Raw, shopping around SmackDown. Somebody McMahon's doing that deal, so see what happens. Who knows what he comes up with. This could end up on Amazon for all we know. You just never know. Well, you know, and we'll speak about that later on. Uh, Not on this episode, but, you know, in in the boxing show. Um, But, yeah, anyways, I mean. Everything is going to streaming. Cables are dying. Dinosaur is like CDs. Everything is heading to streaming. It's just a matter of not if, but when. Well, I mean, it's like electric cars, right? I mean, at some point, I think everything is going to be electric. And and guys who have gas cars are going to be the guys that get to take them out for the racetrack. That's basically where, you know, mm-hmm. the cool cars are going to end up on a racetrack, just if you want to try them. 
It's yeah, going to be kind of sad to think about that one day. And if I do get to live long enough that my grandkids would probably look at those. Oh, wow. Look at that ancient car. Pretty much. That's what they'll say. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyways, man, Monday Night Raw season premiere kicks off with Sami Zayn. Yeah, basically just talking about how it feels weird not to have Kevin Owens with him anymore because he was actually the other part of the deal that went over to SmackDown. Yeah, you know. So, uh, he's happy, but he's not happy, and all of this is because of Jey Uso. And uh, so that kind of starts it off. We got Ricochet against Shinsuke Nakamura in the first fight. These guys are always going to put on a good show, in my opinion. I, I don't have any issues with it. Uh, match was pretty standard. Except for that one spot that Ricochet did. He did the shooting star press off the uh, off the aisle there in the crowd. That was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, this was a fall counts anywhere's match, right? So yeah, basically that was the cool finish move. basically came back here. Uh, he shrugs off the nunchucks and he kicks him down, setting up a springboard, 450. Nakamura cuts him off, though, crashing him through a table ringside, Kinsasa, and that was your pinfall right there. Yeah. Uh, not bad for an opening match, considering oh, it, was it was a false count anywhere match. I mean, it kind of set the standard for the show. Uh what this match was what it was supposed to be that's basically it high flying big spots yeah you know display of violence and two between two guys who have a reason to be mad at each other so story wise it made sense it just worked out really really well um back on to the next match before that we had a bunch of the ladies backstage Enter Piper Niven and Chelsea Green. They make fun of them. And basically, this leads into the match with Natalia and Piper Niven. Basically, a squash match. Uh, you know, it just well, actually was a good back and forth. I wouldn't say it was bad or anything. Yeah. Um, you know, Chelsea came in, attacked them. They were beating them up. That brought out, um, oh, what's your name? What's her name? I forget her name because she's on the show. Sorry? Tegan? Tegan Knox. Thank you. Yeah. Tegan came in, made the save. There you go. Bob's your uncle setting up the program there. I think Piper Tegan, with the win over Natalia. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Tegan basically just needs to get a tag team partner and uh, we'll see what goes on there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Damian Priest and Finn Balor want to take out Drew McIntyre, but Dominic doesn't seem to like the idea. Rhea Ripley comes in to stick to the plan. And, you know, it's kind of funny. They always tease that they're you know going to stab each other in the back, eh? Yeah. Thanks for bringing up the um, Judgment Day. Something that I've been said on the show many times, and Christian finally echoed my sentiments. I can't remember exactly what Christian said, but he basically said a bunch of... Right. Yeah. Dressed up to look tough. And I said that before. They're the weakest, most motley crew-looking faction of all time besides Damian Priest it's it's a uh, I don't know how anybody can take this crew seriously so Christian thank you for saying that because I've been saying this for a long time kind of validates it because it's true but anyways keep going I had to throw that out there no no no, no. for sure for sure so basically we get here Seth Rollins he's cutting a promo um you know I guess they're trying to save him his back I, pretty... you didn't you forgot to tell me Seth actually went into his wife's uh wardrobe and stole her wardrobe and put on that outfit man god awful that's my job is to critique and call it like it is. And when you see that, it's hard to take wrestling serious sometimes if you see that. I get what he's doing, but it's hard to take that serious sometimes. Well, brother, we're talking about it, so. Yeah, no, it's entertainment, but it's just like, the, I see the average fan see that click, goodbye, and over the football game. That's the kind of, that's the reasoning for a lot of the silliness in wrestling. But it was a good little war of words, though. 
Yeah, no, and it makes sense though. I liked it. You know, it's kind of cool. What I I took a note of this when I was watching this segment between the two of them. Very mm-hmm. different from his previous feud with Shinsuke. You know what I mean? That's what I like about it. Like it's it's a new feud. It's a new storyline. Mm-hmm. Same same goal in mind for the new guy, but just the way it's being done this time around. And you know, it's just I like it. I like the interaction. They got good chemistry together. I like the truth. I like the truth that came out of it all. Like, you know, they're really playing up the fact that he was the champion when there was no one around and he never got the chance to be, Um, you know, so, so, you know, you can see that he's angry about it. Why is he holding a grudge against the bloodline so hard? Because they cost him that opportunity again. Right. So, you know, and he, you know, indirectly he's saying, look, not everybody on this roster has the opportunity every three months, AKA Seth Rollins, AKA Roman Reigns, you know, like, some of these is this guys, the first segment on Raw where two guys have been in the ring that weren't wearing pants? You're right. I mean, it's just that's <laughs> just the wacky world of wrestling, man. It just makes me shake my head sometimes when I watch this stuff. It was good though. It was a good back and forth. They got good chemistry. It's gonna be a well, good match. No, it was good. It was solid. I had no yeah. problem with it. But you know what? I think at the end of the day. If anyone can wear stupid clothes, it's these two guys. Well, I mean, I won't say the kilt is stupid. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, man. Like back, but that, 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 that's also was it was ridiculous. Yeah, Just I know. Ridiculous. I mean, you could, yeah, he pushed it a little too far on this one, honestly. But at the end of the day, it's a freaking Rollins, man. What can yeah, we? Yeah, but what can we do? Um. All right. So Johnny Gargano against Ludwig Kaiser. Uh, this is going back so we can see the feud. I think DYI is going to be making a return. They did it quickly. I know. So that sucks. They're horrible team. Horrible team. I will say Ludwig Kaiser, man. He impressed me. He had a really good match. Got a killer in Sagiri in there. He's a he's an up and comer, this guy. He's got a lot of talent. No, dude, I'm telling you, outside of you know, Monty Vinci, you know, he's mm-hmm. probably the weak link in the whole bunch. Watch, he becomes the biggest superstar of all of them, eh? He could have um, Ludwig. Ludwig <laughs> He had a good match. Ludwig, Ludwig is getting his own promos now. He's getting his yeah. own uh, vignettes and stuff like that, right? What I'm really curious about and I'd love to see happen here pretty soon is that guy Dragonoff. I can't wait till he comes up. Dragonoff and uh, you know Gunther had some amazing matches in NXT Europe, also on NXT itself. I mean, that little guy. <laughs> Is insane, and the matches that he had with Gunther was just next level. Like It'll come up eventually. To be fair, Gunther's not had a bad match in my opinion. Yeah, no, he's one of the best workers they have, right? And yeah, today, tonight, last night was just another example of how impressive this man is. Like this guy with is Bronson Reed, yeah, unreal. And Bronson Reed is nothing to joke about. Both these guys put on a cracker of a match. Uh, we'll get to it. So Gargano, Vinci, uh, they they basically have their fight. Like you said, straightforward match. Giovanni or Ludwig wins. Things seem to be okay. Uh, <laughs> right? Things seem to be. I hate to say, but when I see Johnny Gargano, I think of NXT. I think of AEW. I can never understand how that guy's on the main roster. It just does blows my mind. Here's Don't the thing, it. man, brother. Honestly. HBK HBK loves the guy. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's HBK. It's not HBK's show. No, no, no. I mean, I, people I are going to love these guys, but like at the end of the day, you're putting out guys that it's just if you want to get more viewers and you want it to take serious the big show, it's hard for people to take this serious when you see guys like Donnie Gargano out there. 
Uh, this is how I see it. For the people no, I get I it, man. But here's the reality: of wrestling's changed, man. What? Not everybody can be six five anymore. No, right? I'm not saying I'm nothing. I love Rey Mysterio. But what I'm saying is, you see, a guy like Gargano, I think of independent wrestling. I think of AEW. I think of NXT. I just don't see him as a main roster guy. I don't care if it's five two or seven five. He just, I don't get it, man. I just, and this is why we've lost three million viewers a week because of stuff like this. But it's not catered to us anymore. Not even us. I'm talking to guys that I play soccer with, 25-year-old kids. Like wrestling is, they don't, I can't say what they say, but they don't like it because it's not realistic to them. It's not, they don't, they're not invested in these characters because they're hard to take so them serious. Have you asked them what they were invested in? Yeah, UFC. And? UFC. No, 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 no. What, what wrestling were they invested in is what I'm asking you. Have oh, you asked wrestlers? They, they like, you know, the casual guy likes it, like the John Cena um, you know, even at Jericho, they'll talk about Kurt Angle, those kind of guys. But so guys not, from the past. Well, John Cena's still around. These are twenty-five year olds. So you like what you like as a teenager, right? So it's we're not they're not winning over any new fans. They're just holding their old fans because they don't have those guys that make. Oh my, this guy's cool. Like going to the high schools, you don't see anybody with the wrestling shirt on. Well, brother, I disagree with you there because if you think about it, every generation has its own fans. If they were generating any new fans or anything, then this machine wouldn't be going the way it is. But where do the three million go from Raw? Pardon? Where do the three million go from five million to two million? So okay, but loss. that was just a different time, though. Okay, if you think about it, let's take all this into account, right? Like back in the day, during the Attitude Era, there wasn't any DVR per se, right? DVRs so, count as a rating, though. Like, okay, but taking... how do they measure that, though? How do they measure that metric? As soon as you click on the channel, as soon as you're watching it, you get the view. You get the no, so DVRs I... count the view. Right, right. But if I'm not at home, I'm not turning on my television. Just... You don't have to. It picks up. You're recording the channel. It picks up and it goes to the cable company. They've already went over all that. Yeah. They have. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But but the thing is that those 3,000... Even the pay-per-view numbers before the network were down big time. Right. But ultimately, because people don't want to pay for pay-per-view, right? They saw this as a deal, though, right? But ultimately, I think what it is, it's just, it's more kids. Like, it's really geared to the kids. And, and you know, new generation of fans, and we got to look at the global market as well. When but if they, it is geared toward kids, where are those three million people went? Because people were kids watching it, they're tuning it out. And I know UFC's put a huge damper in the market, but there's something that's not lost, connecting with the regular people. They've lost a lot of fans in the 18 to 49. That's where but they're why though, because it's not attitude era, because it's all PG. Those that, people, they're not they're not taking when you see people dressed like Seth and Johnny Gargano, it's hard for the average guy to take that serious. I get that, I get that, but I mean, but that's I hate to say it, nobody else would no, say no, it. I, I'm not, that, that's fine too. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you're not getting bra and panty matches, you're not getting color there anymore, right? I mean, it, that's where a lot of those guys liked. That's what yeah, that's so true. That's definitely like. true. So we don't have that anymore. So they're not investing. You know what I think they should do? They gotta get raw off of Monday. And do it another day because it's never going to compete with it. With NFL's getting 10 million, they're getting 2 million. Get it off of Monday, maybe, maybe like another day of the week, Tuesday, Thursday. I don't know. I don't and know maybe Monday Night Raw, man. It's, yeah, it's, but it's not working though. The, the ratings, they're having a hard time getting a media deal and the ratings are down. I don't think they're having a hard time with any media deals. I think they're picking and choosing anybody. No, but they want for the amount what they want. They're saying they're not getting what they're asking because the numbers aren't there. Look at NFL go anywhere they want, 10 million viewers a week. Oh, I get it, but it's a different right? machine. It's a different marketing scheme. You can just call it raw. You don't even call it Tuesday. You can just call it WWE raw. It doesn't matter. They got to do something to get people off because everybody's watching football. But yeah, that's but that's only four, four, five months of the year, really. It's the yeah, only why, why not move it somewhere else and get more eyeballs on it? The goal is to get the most eyeballs on as possible. Get because Vince has never been one guy to turn away from the challenge of the NFL. Yeah, but they're, they're right? getting killed though. They can't. You know, yeah. we compete with the NFL, right? 
You know what? It's gaining up and wrestling's losing popularity. That's the thing. We could go back and forth on this forever. Well, the numbers say it, 10 million to 2 million. No, no, I get it. But I mean, it's a different thing, right? That whole demographic loves football, right? No, I know. But if you go back to when Raw was getting 5 million, the numbers were within a million. It was 8 million of gain and we've lost. Right. And at that time, you had Raw and Panty matches. You had all these... But whatever the reason is, it's still lost, right? Well, it's a loss. I get it. But I mean, then they have to change the rating. If they were to go back to at least a 14... I guarantee you'll get more people coming back. I think it's, I think it's a talent. They caught lightning in a ball. Some of the talent they had in those days too, right? Relatable characters, the everyday guy. How can you relate to Seth Rollins when he's dressing like that? It's hard for the average guy to relate to that. We can relate to a Stone Cold or a Rock or something like that, you know? I get it, man. I get it, but I mean... I hate to see so harsh about it, but that's just the No, reality. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm not defending it. I'm just trying to show you the different side of it, right? No, so- I know. I'm just saying they got to do something maybe maybe it's get it off one day i don't think they would but it's not a bad idea yeah but i i don't think you can i don't think you can it's just because it's one of those shows that is synonymous with monday it's like yeah. saying hey move monday night football to tuesday night football right i mean it just wouldn't work if they were getting their butts kicked in the ratings they might switch it i don't think they would bro it's all about ratings and money man that's what this is all about right yeah no i get it i get but it we'll see where they go and what happens yeah. Um, all right. So Rhea Ripley, Shayna Baszler, your thoughts on the match? It was half decent. It was it was it was all right. Rhea gets the win. I mean, to be expected, getting ready for Crown Jewel. It was okay. Yeah. I believe this is set up. I, I mean, standard. I mean, Rhea's supposed to be dominant, but it was kind of cool to have Tony Tony Stark out there. You know, kind of Raquel Rodriguez come out there. Yeah, yeah. So basically, this is leading into a five woman fatal five way now. Julia. Yeah, yeah. So that should be interesting. I mean, that's kind of a big move considering where they're going with it, too, right? Like, I mean, that's a pretty big match for the ladies out there. So yeah, absolutely. Uh match of the night, in my opinion, Gunther versus um Bronson Reed. What a match. It was a great match, dude. The suplex of the top rope and I mean just strong. Reed moves well for a big fella. He's super athletic. He can just get a little more character. Uh, he could be a top star eventually. Gunther? No, no. Well, him too. Oh, oh Bronson. Yeah, no, I mean, he's a big boy. I mean, there was this one graphic uh, with the ring announcer lady. She she was um, doing the ring announcing, and the, it, the, just the angle of Bronson standing beside her, he looked mm-hmm. huge, right? Like, uh, oh, dude, he's a big guy. He's thick. He's athletic. He can he's move. Fast. Oh, yeah. He, he kind of reminds me of Bam Bam a lot. Yeah. The way he moves and everything, and he's bigger than Bam Bam. He's taller, right? Bigger and wider too. Yeah, yeah, he's a big guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In person, he's huge. Yeah, power bomb to finish him off. Uh, Again, just Gunther himself, man. I mean, both those guys are just amazing workers. Absolutely, two of the best right now, as far as just like in ring work. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, so Miz comes out. Just oh, sorry, before that. So Gunther's walking backstage, he's all happy, and then uh, he he basically congratulates Ludwig for winning his match, but says that he didn't do the job. Never satisfied, Matt. Never satisfied, no. Gunther. No. Uh, and, you know, Johnny is still walking, and now it's up to Giovanni to finish it, and it's all up to Ludwig and his responsibility. Poor Ludwig, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm he's, he's, good, good, he's a good wrestler. Yeah, they're all good. All three of those guys are good. Yeah, they're a good team. Really good um, team. Miss complains about being put on the third hour of Raw. He should have been the opener. And, you know, just, he, he, I, I love what they're doing with him, man. 
Nia comes, Naya comes in, kind of takes his interview time at the end. He goes, okay, let's talk. And Lee's like, sorry, we ran out of time. Leaves him hanging. Yeah. An angry Miz is an awesome Miz. Yeah, he's a super good talent, super good talker, the look. He has it all. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're doing really good at him right now. He's doing really good. Some of his best work in a long time, actually. So we get a promo. Logan Paul is coming to Raw on Monday. I think he should stick to wrestling and leave boxing to the boxers. We'll talk about that in another episode. Totally disagree with you, but yeah, I'm glad he's coming back. I guess against yeah. Ray, he called Ray out. So that was obviously planned for him to say that. And uh, they'll have some good chemistry together. No, yeah, they'll probably set that up for Rehad. Um, Young man versus old man. You know, Ray's will have to be his dad. There you go. But Ray can still go, though. Yeah. Um, all right. We end the show with the tag team titles on the line. Good match. Pretty standard. These guys mm-hmm. all put on a good, good match. Don't need to get into the details of it. But the end of it came where Jay was about to finish it all off. Jimmy comes to the crowd. Super kicks super him. Kick. That's yep. up the Crudy Gras. New tag team champions. Ju- your favorite. The Judgment Day has all the gold again. <laughs> the Motley Crew from East Van. Right. So there you go. Um, you know. Yeah, man. There you go. That that was raw in a nutshell. Very quick overview Solid of it. Show overall was decent. I had no problem with it. I think it kind of fed the storyline. We know where we're going with a lot of different things. Crown Jewel is starting to build up. So we know Seth versus Drew for sure. We also know that we're going to get a fatal five-way with the ladies. So let's see what else we get on the show. Logan and Ray. Logan and Ray hasn't been announced, but I guess we'll find out on Monday. But if he was going to go after Ray, then he should have probably showed up on SmackDown. Who knows? Maybe he'll show up on SmackDown. Who knows? Did he just never know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Um, what do you got? You have anything? Yeah, I do. I'm gonna do a little. This is a tough one to guess. I mean, most people didn't get it. Well, I did a little research here. I want to ask you for the top five. You just take a guess. Some of them you'll guess. The top five best-selling wrestling shirts of all time. What do you think they are? I have the list in front of me. That's a tough one, but this is a legit top five. This is legit. Oh, um, Hulk Hogan, number one. No, he's okay, number so... two. Just name five. You don't have to go over. You got number. You got one. Okay, so Hogan, Cena. Nope, Cena's not in there. Oh, wow. okay. Uh, Macho Man. Yep, number five. Okay, so Macho Hogan, Andre. No. DX. NWO. NWO is number four. You got two more to go. You got number one and number three. Holy hell, man. I thought all my number one picks were... <laughs> I forget a one guy, man. Andre? Even better than Andre. Even better than Andre? One of the... One of the, one of the probably on the Mount Rushmore. Top four or five of all time. Ric Flair? No. Nope. Red Hart? No, no, no. Red Hart's not even close. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, number Austin is the rock. Of over no rocks on here. Austin's the number one selling wrestling shirt of all time, over 10 million sold. Okay, so number three, this so Austin's one, Hogan's two. I won't tell you three because you didn't guess it yet. Four is NWO, five is Macho. This one I never would have guessed out of 100 guesses. Number Number three, three, he was big in the 80s and 90s. Can you give me one clue other than that? He dresses like Drew McIntyre. So, some dude who wore a dress, kilt, yeah. Oh, um, Piper. Yep, number three. Not what guess yeah, but he was that was a big shirt in the eighties and nineties, right? You know what though? If you think about it, like okay, Macho Man was Macho Man, this and that. If there was one shirt, and that's totally makes sense now. If you think about it, the Hot Rod shirt 
could have been worn as a wrestling shirt or any kind of shirt. Even shirt, not, yeah. Right. It was one of those shirts that you could get away and be a wrestling fan. Yeah. Not have anyone know it was a wrestling shirt. Yeah. I was surprised. I would never would have guessed Piper three. Never would. I would have said Austin. It makes yeah, sense though now. John it totally Cena, makes right? sense. Well, so I, I think got- when it's all said and done though, John Cena will get on that top five list. It's just a matter three. of time. Three out of five isn't bad. Not that's pretty good. I would never would have guessed Piper either, dude. Yeah, to be put on the spot, not bad. I'll take three yeah. out of five. That's still a win. Yeah, that's pretty good. Awesome, that's awesome. List. All right, brother man, why don't we wrap it up here? Um, yeah, let's do it. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about? Edge. Oh yeah, bring the to talk about that quickly. Let's here. talk about did. this quickly. Yeah. So Edge got angry at Ricky Starks, or Ricky Starks got angry. I don't know who got angry at who. In fact, yeah. I'm real about it, which I'll. Uh, once it's finished, I'll put it out there showing this. Um, basically, what happened was, if anyone did not see Collision uh, on Saturday night, and I don't blame you, um, basically what happened was Edge opened up the show with Christian. Daniel Bryan came out to the ring. This brought out Ricky Starks. They were all going back and forth. Now, Ricky Starks and uh, Edge had an interaction, which was unscripted. Yeah, that's unscripted. what I'm saying. Uh, now, what happened was, is things were said. Now, one of the guys was upset by what was said and confronted the other guy backstage. The why I'm saying it this way is because I don't know who was who, per se. Yeah, it's hard to say. Both guys were angry at each other for these promos. Um, One was where he called Edge bug eyes. Why is Edge offended by that? When some of this is... But see, I don't know. I don't know who was offended and who wasn't. Yeah. All right, he called him, he made fun of his silk pants, and then he called him a vanilla something version of The Rock. <laughs> right? And Well, Edge is not even in The Rock's stratosphere. I don't know why he would say that, but yeah. You know, Ricky Starks, just the way he looks, the way he acts, he's kind of oh, like... Oh, Edge said that to Ricky? Yes. Oh, okay, I thought it was to Edge, but what? No, 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 okay, no, okay. no, 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 Edge said this to Ricky. Yeah, that makes right? sense. He's making fun of his silk pants and he's calling him a vanilla midget rock. Yeah. Um, and this and that, and then he took a couple more shots at Edge. I don't know exactly what he said, but guys, like I said, we made it real for this. Check it out; it'll be up in hopefully today, if not by tomorrow, we'll have that up for you guys as well. So, here's my question to you, man. Here's another example of a WWE guy going over to AEW, getting into an argument with the younger talent. Now, my question is: It's like we were shitting on Punk. Now, I'm not saying Punk's any better. Yeah. But I would not expect to hear Edge's name getting involved in some kind of... No, the last thing you'd expect. And he's only been... He hasn't even been there a month. I wonder who booked that. Who booked that segment? Who booked it to have a shoot like that against each other? And neither one knew this was going to happen. I wonder who called that shot. Because that was a major flub, too. Well, I don't know. I mean, like I said, here's the problem. And this, again, shows me why things are done in WWE the way they are, because it just, it makes sense. It makes more and more sense as you watch what's happening over to AEW. Like, here's a top-flight WWE product. He knows the ins and outs of it all. Not much in his career. Like, yeah, maybe they had some backstage disagreements and things like that, but nothing ever made it to the... Dirt no. None of it ever made it out of the locker room. There's too many professionals at WWE taking, making sure stuff goes smooth. Right. So, you know, I, I'm all for having guys be able to have creative freedom with their promos and stuff, but I can understand why there's an outline for everyone. 
right? Mm -hmm. I think WWE has changed their policies in a way where it's not completely scripted for each guy anymore. It's just more depending on who you are. Yeah, depending who you are, but most of the top tier guys are basically just given outlines. Yeah, and you know, okay, figure out your talking points, right? Which is great. It opens up the creativity, but you know what direction you're supposed to go into. So. Again, this is why Regal wanted to leave after he got there because he tried so hard. Like he worked, he went out of his way with Daniel O'Brien to tell the younger talent, look, we'll be here at this time to work with anybody who wants to work on their promos, who wants to work on entering, who wants to work on psychology. Nobody ever showed up. None of the young guys ever showed up. It was always the older guys who wanted to be better still that yeah. would do these things. So I don't know if we can entirely, like, yeah, we blame Punk for his role in all of this crap that he did. Well, it's not all Punk's fault. There's no there's no structure back there. There's no law and order, so to speak. And this is the stuff that happens. No, no, I get it. But it's just really interesting that it happened with Edge. And it just really shows me now that, yeah, you know what? Like, either guy should know better, obviously. But you can see that these young guys are really pushing buttons that they shouldn't be pushing. They're ballsy. They're edgy, right? Like who? Who? Who the heck is is a Ricky Starks? Well, not many people know who he is. To be to be frankly honest. Well, I mean, I remember watching him in NWA after Corgan had bought the organization. He was there, and then it seems like most of those NWA guys who couldn't cut it or get a shot at WWE ended up in AEW. Yep, pretty much. Right. So there you go man we'll see what happens this isn't the last we've heard of edge and stark so there's obviously some real animosity here so hopefully it turned into a good storyline well i hope so and i hope edge takes the higher road and shows to be the true professional i mean at the end of the day i don't care what anybody says when you have daniel bryan when you have uh edge christian there you know those guys should have higher standards you think so no i know so they should have higher standards there's no thinking they man. should but when you got you know you got tony khan in charge and there's not as much heat. Let's be honest. Tony Khan walks into a room. Vince McMahon walks into a room. Who's going to command more respect? You see Vince, he gets the respect. You see Tony Khan, he's wearing a pair of jogging pants and his hair is messy. So he's hard to take him serious. And when you can't take your boss serious, you see a lot of goofing around on the shows and backstage as AEW, WWE. Best way to describe it. I see it at my work all the time. So Tony Khan couldn't take defeat very well, eh? Yeah, he was getting all the, he's making fun of uh, Undertaker and John Cena. Either, you know, they beat you, buddy, fair and square. You wanted it. They did it. They beat you. They, so what? They use our top guys. You Use your top guys, too. I'm telling you, man, he is the richest Mark I've ever seen. Or well, met. dad's rich, but yeah. Well, I mean, regardless, he's, you yeah, know, yeah. he's just a bloody Mark. That's all he is. That guy should follow Vince McMahon around for two years and learn the business and learn how to handle things and then come around because he obviously is way, out of, think- way in over his head. And all the people that he has in place running it were the same people that were trying to compete against WWF or WWE at that time mm-hmm. from WCW. Yep. So, you know what? Good luck to them. Competition is good, but I, I'll be honest. I still think that Vince and crew don't really have any competition per se. No, 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 no. Not even close to there. Except, Monday Night, football, except Monday Night Football. <laughs> yeah, dude, their C show beat their A show. Yeah. I mean, that says it all. I'm curious to see what ratings NXT does tonight. Just to compare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to see it too. Now that we've kind of gone back to the regular format of NXT and whatnot, like I'm curious to see what kind of hangover or carryover they were able to gain from it. Yeah, me too. Hopefully, I'm sure they got a 
this will be better than the average viewer, their average viewership, I would assume, just because of last week's show was so good. Yeah. So, well, let's hope we can build up the momentum and keep it rolling. There you go, man. All right. So last night was a crazy night in downtown, man. We had Nas and Wu Tang at Rogers Arena, and then we had Guns N' Roses at BC Place. Did you go to any of those? Opening up Allison Chains, one of my favorite bands of all time. No, because I went, I was gonna go actually with Meat Man and Jesus, but we went to the big show they had in 2016 when Gina first came back with Axel and Slash. And Allison Chains opened up. We seen them at Lumen Field, right? About 80,000 people on the floor. Um, so it's hard to top that. Where I was literally like five, five rows away from Jerry Cantrell, the guitar player from Allison Chains, and five rows away from like Slash. So we were talking about it, I didn't go no, but I have seen Axel and Slash together, and I've seen Allison Chains maybe seven, eight times. I heard a couple people that did go, they said it was good. You know, the thing about people don't realize is, is that when you go to the GNR show, there's only a few bands in the world that do this. So they're opening at between the opening act, the GNR, and their stage was an hour in between. Reason being, example, last night, Alice came on at six o'clock. They're off about 6 45, 7. GNR comes on at eight. They played at 11. Every GNR show is three hours. So there's a big gap between. So most people didn't get to see Alice and Change. Most people go to the concert for seven o'clock, 7 30. Alice is already over. It's a big empty arena because they, they have such a big stage production. They got to do so much setup. So it was a three-hour show. Every that went said it was good, but I didn't go myself. No, but I have seen that exact show, and it's really good. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. I saw Guns N' Roses in 1990 when they were actually still young and everything. Mm-hmm. It's a show. I saw them. I can't remember where it was. It was probably Coliseum. Uh, yeah, Roger Reno was an opening, so it was the Coliseum at that time. Uh, pretty decent. I thought it was okay. Well, they're, they're still the top three or four most popular bands in the world because everywhere they go, they don't do arenas. They do the stadiums, BC Place, wherever they go, they're getting fifty to 60,000 people. Think how, about this. How they made huh? that comeback, though, eh? What's that? Crazy how they came back. Like, I really thought they were dead in the water. Well, then. they came back for one. This is people don't understand. I say this all the time. It's all about the money. The only reason they came back is this. Slash got divorced and he wanted to make a buckload of money again. So he came back. They haven't made... Axel Rose has made one new album in 32 years, in 2008. It wasn't with Slash and Duff. It's called Chinese Democracy. Not that great. Slash made a ton of albums with Scott Weiland. He was had a separate career, Grammys, millions of albums. Please but here's the thing. Axel's made one album in 32 years, and he still sells it wherever he goes because people love their songs. Yeah. So many iconic songs. No, man, I mean... And the energy, Axel, he's running around. He's screaming like a banshee. They had he dances. He changes albums, his clothes. Man. Two great is albums. He's, he's good. He's got two good albums that he's working, living off of, right? Uh, Appetite three. for Destruction and those... Uh, three. Well, Appetite for Destruction and those Lose Your Illusion 1 and 2. 1 and 2. There's just those three. Yeah. They're separate. Well, I, I, they're separate, but I just kind of combine them together. Yeah, right yeah. So, But I mean, they're so iconic, though. Appetite for Destruction one of the best-selling albums of all time. and People want to... The thing about Axel, he does his wardrobe changes. He runs, he screams, he sweats. Like he gives you it his all. Yeah, he's one sure. of the best front, front men of all time, and Wherever they go, they sell out. And yeah, there's a big show last night. Oh, good for them, man. I really thought like after the rights and everything, that they would be dead in the water. It's all like, about the money, like... man. It's all about them. They're going to bring a lot of money in. People look the other side when you're a big valley. If they were like an average band, then yeah, probably not. But when they're back together after, what was it, 20 years of being apart, and people want to see it, and they still see it, and they know it. So Didn't he come back with some generic band and call it like under the Guns N' Roses banner for a bit? No, well, he had the name. He, so yeah. what he did is, he back in the day, he said, if you don't sign the rights over to me, I'm not coming on the stage. So Slash and Duck were probably wanted to do a concert in 93. So they signed over the rights. They broke up. 
And then, yeah, he came back in 2002, called the Guns N' Roses, but he was only uh, original member left. All right. All right, brother, man, let's wrap it up here. <laughs> yep. Completely off topic. So, everybody, have a great rest of your week. Please be safe. The weather is changing. The days are getting shorter, so more darker times. Just pay attention to where you're going. Take your time. There's no rush. If you're late, you're late. If you're on time, that's beautiful. Yep. Just be safe out there. Family, everyone's waiting for you. And to be completely honest, we really want you to come back Thursday to listen to The Boxing Show. So on that note, my name is Bobby Sampson. I'm joined with my man, Mr. Chance Michaels. In the words of the great ACDC, those that download, like, and subscribe to the podcast, we salute you. We do salute you. And in the words of Ed Whalen, in the meantime and in between time, that's it for Sampa Chance. Everybody, have a great rest of your week. We will see you Thursday. Sampa Chance out. We'll